Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. We're, we're just going to jump right to the news. Um, I'd like to do a little bit of banter, a little bit of monologue. That's how you warm up. But I woke up this morning. Grabbed the old phone, looked over, and oh, Miss Loka had sent a text. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Uh, Amy Schumer, where is it? I, it's, it's just going to be all news, all news. And it, unfortunately, it is the Curse Street Podcast because I really, I chose the wrong day to do the Curse Street Podcast because uh, it just looks like Hollywood has just decided to not double or quadruple down. It's like Hollywood got par- dealt a pair of twos. In blackjack, and they split that. And then they got dealt another pair of twos, and they split on that. And the uh, the blackjack dealer was showing a queen. Uh, so Hollywood didn't learn its lesson, and it's all related. They're all tangentially related. I got two articles that aren't about Hollywood, but let's lead on here. Uh, Amy Schumer to play Barbie in upcoming live-action family comedy. <laughs> yeah. I I know why my parents now said television is stupid. I at least back in the eighties and the seventies, even the sixties, you had like good shows like Leave It to Beaver, uh, the Andy Griffith Show, um, Family Ties was in the nineties. Uh, Father Knows Best, My Three Sons. I'd even go that hippy dippy. Somewhere in there, there was a communist, uh, the Brady Bunch. I don't even admit that was good. But now, just the swill. Just the swill come And thank God there's the internet. Because at least you had an option. Back in the 80s when you were a kid, or the 70s, or even the 90s, what do you, there was either TV, you didn't have no internet, you were lucky if you got cable. <laughs> we were talking, ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I went and visited DT over at the Hunker Bunker. Blackbrigade.org, by the way. And so we're chit-chatting, and he's got Mystery Science Theater 3000 on. Now, I don't know about you, but that just looks scary and weird, even to me as an adult. I'm like, what weirdo freaky stuff? Like, dude, this is classic. Didn't you have cable? And then his wife immediately looks at me with the, I know where this one's going. And I'm like, no, I didn't have cable growing up as a kid. I didn't have cable. We weren't rich suburbanite elitists. Like, cable, that was, rich kids had cable. So so maybe that was like the first time you could break away from the three major networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, and you had cable. And then cable had a ton of different things. So there was that uh, fractionalization, that uh, um, specialization, the, the breaking away from the man. But then you had to pay extra for it. We didn't have money for HBO. And now, thank God the internet has come along because uh, what was it? I'm sure everyone's heard about the article about ESPN losing like 10% of their audience every year, which is fine by me, which is great. 
Uh, it's because everyone's switching over to the internet. And thank God you kids, you kids today, I'm not joking, you kids today at least have an option. You could go online and watch YouTube, you can watch stuff that's, that's intellectually, infinitely more intellectually stimulating, and of your own tailored interest, I might add. Whatever you whatever you got an interest in, you could go find it on the internet. You don't have to watch this, this crap, this filth, this slop. But Hollywood, they're going to double down on it. Amy Schumer is signed to play Barbie for an upcoming live-action comedy based on the popular toy line. Entertainment Tonight has learned. And I was thinking, like, she's going to spin it with her fat pride. She's going to spin it with her, her pro-sow platform. This is this, She's not going to play it. And, and on top of it, how bad is the premise of this show going to be? Well, you'll find out. What's more, Amy Schumer, 35, is expected to rework the original script with her sister, Kim Cameron. Me, caramel. So you know it's just gonna be fabulous. Oh my goodness, Amy Schumer and her sister. Oh, why would you? Unless you are politically motivated, why would this this profit or a concern for craft come in? Like you know, when I write a book. Or or quality post, not just one of linkage, but you know, when I put a, a try to put together a quality post, I take the time to outline it. I organize my thoughts. I labor over a good quality post about two hours. Or um, I'm just trying to think. The great Matt Baldoni. You want to talk about somebody who masters this? If you ever go visit Matt, there will be a guitar, and he will strum it within 15 minutes. He will be he will be tinkering with. He'll be watching a video about technique. He will have music open and laid out. He will have his his equipment. And if he's not, he's talking about playing guitars. Interestingly so. He doesn't, the man doesn't bore you, by the way. I'm just saying, he he is concerned about his craft. He wants to know, am I putting forth the best that I can? Um, Who else? I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, any one of us, anybody that you know, who is the in the art of producing something of value and with a little bit of artistic uh, aspect to it? They care about the quality. Amy Schumer just doesn't care. It's all the politics to her. It's all fat, except it's fat, except it's fat. And look, I'm I'm okay if you have yourself a little political platform, sweetheart. I'm I'm okay if you oh I work with PETA, or I help donate to the to the you know, hairy armpit fun, whatever, fine, even if I disagree with the politics. But to make it the center field, a center post or the center fold or the centerpiece of your uh, of your, your art and your work and your career. I mean, then you don't have a career. That, that, that's it? You're just like everybody else? I'm for fat as big as... Well, yeah, we've heard it a million times before. And it's not a noble cause, by the way. At least the, the aid to Africa was intended to do well. Naive, hurt him more in the long run than it helped, but at least it was intended to do well. This is just a selfish, tiresome, by the way, self-serving, ego-protecting, uh, uh, quote, charity or cause or crusade. She has no desire to actually help out women. She just wants to give them an excuse, and above all, she wants to give herself an excuse. And, I, and the reason we're only two sentences into this article, and I could say it's because it's so predictable. There's nothing that's going to be new here except to what extent of, of insanity and stupidity 
that, that Amy Schumer's going to go. Or Hollywood, I should say. Because it isn't just Amy Schumer. I mean, this you got to get money and financiers behind this. This is not like, oh, yeah, she just, you know, like Bill Burr with F is for family. Which is original, by the way. There's a perfect example of originality. And not putting politics into it. Bill Burr wanted to create a cartoon. There was no political thing. There was no hidden agenda. There was no ulterior motive. And he wanted to make it so that it was good. And the, the reason you could tell, astute observation by the old captain here, the reason you could tell Bill Burr wanted to put together a quality piece of, of work, a quality piece of art, versus making a political statement and not caring whether or not it made money, is the fact that he is on Netflix and Amy Schumer is going through what? The, the, the Sony Pictures, so it's going to be a television show. That's the, that's the difference. And that's why Bill Burr will be more fondly remembered than Amy Schumer will just be, she will. She will just go down in history as, a, as another tiny sad footnote to the weird psychotic fat acceptance movement. Like when historians a thousand years from now, you know, we look back and, you know, we look back, but at the time, people are not, well, they didn't know as well. But when things are happening inside the bubble, inside that environment, people don't realize what's going on. Well, they're like, can this really be happening? Like here in the United States, like the rest of the world is laughing at us. Like, holy cow, look, they just let anybody in. They have no respect for themselves. If you dare criticize, say, no, we don't want foreigners in the country no more. Oh, my God, you're racist, you're sexist, you're bigoted, you're homophobic. You're like, oh, my God, can I say that? And everyone outside is like, holy cow, you don't beat up people who are uh, illegally there like we do in Mexico and Guatemala? You don't immediately kick their asses out. We're surprised. You have no self-respect, do you? Oh, where was I going with this with Amy Schumer? Oh, so down the road, historians will look back. See, like the same thing with the Roman Empire. Well, at the time when Rome was becoming gluttonous and they were having bread and circuses, they didn't think about it. They didn't realize they were in the, they were in the echo chamber. But now we look back, it's like, yeah, none of you were working, you're spending more than you were taking, you're relying on slaves to, and, and constantly like trying to expand faster than you could hold uh, territory. Historians look back, they can see that clearly. And they're going to look back at this fat acceptance movement and say, what the hell were you thinking? Look at, and look at his, here's, this, here's an example, that's all she'll serve. She'll serve as a warning to others in the future, if she even makes it to the history books. Here's this fat sow called Amy Schumer. And she did a show that had a half a season run. That won't be remembered. What will be remembered is like, hey, look at the, the, the comedic works of Bill Burr. You know, uh, look at George Carlin. Look at you know, people who came up with original stuff didn't necessarily have a political agenda behind it. True originators of craft and creativity. Something new. This, Amy Schumer's life is, no, I just, she just became a fucking Sarah Silverman. That's all she did. A uh, studio source describes the film as an imaginative family com comedy with heart. Oh, well, that's original. I take everything I just said back because this has never been done. Uh, an imaginative family comedy with heart. Holy crap. I, I'm sorry. I take everything back, Amy and Sony. <laughs> um... Think Disney's Enchanted or Tom Hanks' classic Big. Yeah, that's original, though, and is the first of its kind. No, it's not. It's not the first of its kind. And it's the first of its kind to feature the timeless Mattel character. The movie is slated to be released next summer. 
The plot involves Barbie getting kicked out of Barbie land for not being perfect enough and embarking on an adventure in the real world. Lauren Abrams, Senior Vice President of Production, will oversee the project for Sony Pictures. Hang on. Yeah, Sony, because apparently Sony didn't learn from um, Ghostbusters. They didn't learn from feminist Ghostbusters. They're going to do another movie full of politics. They really think selling to these niche groups, these niche political groups, tainting their, their, their movies with politics... Let's look up Laura Abrahams. Lauren. Lauren Abraham. Abraham Abrahams. Laura Abrahams. Research project assistant. No. <clears throat> Hollywood reporter. Let's take a look. Do we get a picture? I always want to see what they look like. You have to forgive me. The internet is slow out here. Nothing. Uh, variety. Laura Abrahams. Laura VP. Just give me a picture. I just want to see if this is an ugly social justice warrior type looking person. Hang on. Oh, here we go. You gotta you gotta go to these people, guys. You gotta find out who's behind all this. <clears throat> Uh, Columbia Pictures hires new VP of production creative executive. Uh, Devin Franklin at the Department of Vice President. And Laura Abrams has been named creative executive for Columbia Pictures. Now, is that part of Sony? Commenting, Franklin joined, Milano joined. Abrams graduated from Wesleyan, ooh, in 2003. As a development assistant of 2000, uh, she served as Talmach's assistant. She's serving as junior executive on the project SALT. Okay, so she just went to some liberal arts college. Is she good looking? Did she get ahead because of her looks? I'm sure she's got some worthless liberal arts degree. Oh, here she is. Yeah, she's an all right looking gal. I don't know how she, well, she maybe she did get ahead. Yeah, she sounds like she put in her dues as an assistant. Uh, Columbia, Laura, Harvard, no, that's a different gal. The Stakes, Laura Abrahams, Internet Movie Database. No, <clears throat> different one. All right, this is probably some no-name gal <clears throat> over at Sony, has her liberal arts degree, never thought about making movies that people would want to see. And so now we're going to have to tolerate a, uh, a political lecture. Uh, appealing to a PG audience will be somewhat new territory for Schumer, whose breakout film was the R-rated comedy. Um, where'd it go? It's the R-rated comedy Trainwreck. And I know I saw that. However, Mattel has previously received criticisms for the doll's unrealistic figure, and Schumer is taking on... That would be nice. As a major proponent of body confidence, Schumer has no problem calling out Glamour Magazine for including her in the plus-size issue earlier in the year. I think there's nothing wrong with being plus-size, beautiful, healthy women. Schumer vented on it and said, blah, blah, blah. 
women who inspires, blah, 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 chick at any size, plus size is considered size 16 in America, Schumer noted before revealing what size she wears. I go between a size 7 and an 8. So then what is it, Amy? Are you, ha- are you proud that you're plus size or not? You're, you're all body confident until someone says you're part of our plus size thing. You're on our, you're on our, and you're like, I'm not that. Boy, I really like going to catechism and studying the Bible, but I'm not Christian. The magazine later clarified that to that the special edition issue was aimed at women size 12 and up and did, did or did not. It keeps cutting out because they want to put so many ads on the print-offs. We believe her passionate and vocal message of body positivity is inspiring. Inspiring, beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, amazing. The modern day dictionary of American women. Inspiring. We are sorry if we offended. Blah, blah. All right. Now, grab my papers here. Hang on, guys. It's one of those days. Did I print it off? Oh, here it is. Related. I'll be having a lengthy article coming out about this because it's more deep than you think. Uh, From, unfortunately, Yahoo News, but this is the one that had the thing. Rogue One's writers connect... uh, Again, it, it cuts off direction to Star Wars, The Empire, a white supremacist organization... In the wake of this week's U.S. election, the symbol of Star Wars Rebellion has been adopted by many fans as protesting the victory of Donald Trump, and now two of the writers of next month's Rogue One, a Star Wars story, has referenced the relationship between the movie and the current political reality on social media. All right, so I'm... Now remember, this is Yahoo News. And this is their uh, entertainment section or whatever. Yahoo is already pretty much People Magazine, and I want to steer clear of this stuff. So I had to go and make sure, was, is this what they said? And okay, is, is this just drama and petty stuff? But there's actually more than a seed, not of truth, but of importance to this. Chris White's tweeted the following Friday morning, uh, please note that the Empire is a white supremacist human organization. Uh, with Gary Weida, the original writer on the project, responding in kind, opposed by multicultural group led by a multicultural group led by a brave woman. And that's from Gary Widow. All right, so I'm thinking like, all right, the left will take everything out of context. The media will take everything out of context. That's why you don't trust the media. So it sounds more like tongue-in-cheek kind of a joke, right? Like, they that, yeah, ha-ha, you know, the Eddie Izzard thing is like uh, the Star Wars. The reason the Empire has British accent is because of the Revolutionary War. So I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, that's kind of funny. All right, I can see that. You know, they don't really mean it. Well, they're responding to a tweet that allowed context. And you realize, no, they actually do view it like this. They do view it as if it's a group of multi-ethnic underdogs led by a strong, independent woman going up up against a white supremacist organization. Here it is. Wheat's tweet followed his praise for this op-ed piece from CBR.com, which explicitly connects Rogue One to this week's U.S. elections, with writer Brett White calling the movie the most relevant movie of 2016, explaining, When I look at Rogue One trailers, I see what I want for America. I see a multicultural group standing strong together, led by a rebellious and courageous woman. That's what we are working towards, 
and what we will continue to work towards no matter what. That's what America, a land created as a haven for the persecuted, to be able to realize their limitless dreams, was created to be. Uh, as if to cement the connection, both whites and widow have changed their Twitter advertised to an image of the rebel insignia with the safety pin thread. And boom, there's your connection. And you know what? Let's let's just follow through. Let's look up because I have, I had to look up this Brett White guy. Let's look up Chris White's. I like doing the research raw. That way you know what's happening. Chris White's. Okay. Wikipedia. American film producer screen. Okay, so this guy's older than. What's his name? Oh, no, I don't want to donate to you, Wikipedia. American screenwriter, filmer, actor, director. He is brother of Paul White. He's best known for his work as brother of The American Pie and About a Boy, which were two Oscar-nominated. Early life, born in New York City, the son of actress Susan Conner. And Berlin-born novelist, menswear designer John White. His brother was filmmaker Paul White. White's grandson's checkborn. Da, 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 da. Do they come from money? That's all I want. I'm Jewish. I don't care. All right. So he's another leftist nobody. Who was the other guy? Gary Witta. Gary Witta. Oh, look. He's wearing... He's wearing the Rogue One hat. Oh, are you so old? You guys are so cool. You're such rebels. You dress and make believe like you're actually in the military. Oh, he's a little older than me. Born and raised in East London. Grand his career as a writer and games journalist for Ace Magazine when Ace closed down in 1992. Became director for the one of the Omega C Magazine Publishing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he's never worked a real job either. Then we go to Brett White, and he's the guy that originated it. He's the one that says, like, oh, this is the multicultural thing, and we're going up against the evil white male empire. And you go to this guy's place. You go to this guy's Twitter page. And he is, he's younger than all of them, but he is the classical produce of the millennial generation. He's got his perfectly groomed beard. The idiot is wearing a bow tie. He's wearing suspenders. And the sad thing is, I'm like, ah, okay, typical. You know, just just tell us that you don't really want to work a real job. But then you find out, oh, he's gay. So it's like, all right, well, that's legitimate. You can wear that. All right, that makes a look. Because he's, he's going to be marrying his future husband, some other guy that links to a guy that looks exactly like him with the curly beard and everything. No, that's fine. I'll let gays dress how they are. That's fine. Do, do what you want. But don't tell me when you do that, and the fact that you're gay, that you are not totally influenced by that. And once again, like Amy Schumer, you're giving up on creating anything new or unique, and now everything has to be politics to you. It's all politics to you. Because that's what you've been brainwashed to believe. Now look, Gary and the other guy, the old guy, Kevin was his name? I don't know. They got in, they did the screenwriting, they're going to do their stuff, fine. And, and then they can tacitly uh, uh, endorse your little statement about Star Wars being about uh, non-whites headed up by a woman 
taking down a white supremacist organization like the United States. That's fine. And you could teehee and oh, isn't that good within your little inner circles there. But with, uh, with the uh, Brett White, don't tell me that you're bringing anything else to the Star Wars thing except politics. Don't tell me that you have any kind of skill or ability or creativity or innovation because just like I said and pointed out with Amy Schumer before, you're not doing anything new. Star Wars is not fucking new. Star Wars is old hat. And the only reason it's having a comeback, I mean, I'll give, I'll give, what was it, Lucas? Lucas. He tried to come back with that second generation of Star Wars movies and everybody hated it and it sucked. All right. At least he tried to do some new stuff. These third generation of Star Wars movies, let's be very clear, they're simply a rehashing of the first one. They're simply remakes of the first series. Hey, here's a Death Star. Hey, here's another Death Star. And the reason it works and you have J.J. Abrams in it is because it's an action flick. That's all this is. You don't need, it couldn't be, it doesn't have to be the Death Star. You could plop whatever you want. It could be a Star Trek world. It could be a completely new world where there's uh, a renegade underdog group of rebels and they're going up against an evil uh, galactic empire of the Ziggy Forts. It doesn't matter. The canvas has already been painted. You guys are merely putting footnotes on it. And as is the case with this latest generation, I'd say people my age and younger, Gen X and younger, you guys offer nothing of true creativity or innovation so you got to take a work that's already existed for, what, 40 years now, 30 years? And all you do is you add a, pol- a political uh, uh, strain to it. You guys have no talent, no ability, no creativity, no innovation, no actual intelligence, no genuine talent. You can't do what Bill Bird does. All you can do is what Amy Schumer does, and that is take somebody else's already existing piece of work, some kind of template, and then you color it in. All it is, all Star Wars is right now is a coloring book. Everybody's done the organization and the outlines. Now let's grab a bunch of social justice warriors, a bunch of talentless leftist hacks who have no talent no, and no desire to do anything original or creative or innovative, and they're just going to color in within the lines. Stay within the lines. The lines of your friend, because you guys can't actually come up with the whole concept yourself. Look, I colored a fabulous mauve. Oh my goodness, I'm Brett White. And I am slamming on you a little bit for being gay, even though I'm pro-gay. But <laughs> but when you when when you come here and you're gonna tell everybody in the United States, you're gonna dare lecture and serve these people. And you're gonna do it because you're gay. Because you like trust A, don't tell me, don't tell me any different, Brett. You think you actually have value because you're gay. You think that because you're gay, you have value. And it's evidenced in your writings and your opinions. Because you're not white, straight, male. And everyone in a hero is not white, straight. They're good. White male's bad. Bad. Minority's good. Uh, I don't want to say majority, but normie's bad. Don't tell me you're doing anything but sexist. Well, yeah, sexist and racist. That's probably... Is there going to be a gay character? Because I want to know. There will probably be a gay character. Or there'll be a cute hidden innuendo. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? If you want to make a movie about gays, you want to make a movie about race, uh, one, I think you're stupid and crazy because it's overkill now. They've been making a ton of them. What, they got the We Will Rise or When We Rise? And they just made 
a movie about it last year about those uh, Stafford uprisings or what was it called? The Waterford uprisings. So go ahead, take your take your hat at that. But don't don't come in here and co-opt and genuinely culturally usurp, culturally appropriate things that already exist. It's the exact same thing that's happening over in the Marvel. It's the same thing that's happening in DC Comics. Because none of you frickers in Hollywood have any talent or original ideas. All you can do, because that's all you've been trained in as a freaking child from middle school, not even middle school, from grade school on, is, hey, forget reading, writing, and arithmetic. If you had social justice warriors, if you had a cause, if you are gay, Hispanic, not white, if you're anything but that, then you have value unto yourself. No, you don't, Brett. You're no more valuable a human being than me because you're gay and I'm straight. And I'm no more of a valuable person than you because I'm straight and you're gay. What I want, what I desperately want, Brett, and all you idiot wannabe writers over there at Star Wars, I want a good movie. I don't want politics. Nobody wants politics in their entertainment unless explicitly written about politics. I understand that. But you see, you value yourself more than society. You value yourself more than your audience, and you're going to jam a political lesson in there whether you want it or not. I mean, look, and and to show you, I'm intellectually honest. I mean, I get queasy when people mention God. I'm not religious. I don't like having religion mentioned in any of my movies. I'm, I'm, I'm not picky. I don't like having Republican conservative values imbued in my movies. I don't. You look at Die Hard, greatest movie of all time. Hands down, no debate. If you think differently, you're a mentally retarded individual. There's no politics in Die Hard. None. Although I may point out that the masculinity is a little bit more right-leaning than left because no pajama boy is ever going to do that for his non-existent wife, but there's no politics in that. Casablanca, no politics in that. To Catch a Thief, no politics in that. The original Star Wars, there was no politics in that. Some people say it was made to be a, a, a story about the Viet Cong fighting unit. No, no, okay, fine, you can read into it. But they didn't make it that obvious. You guys are now jamming this in audiences' faces. Look at the minority people led by the woman taking on the evil, sexist, racist empire. And you know that isn't going to sell, so you got to find a canvas, you got to find a little coloring book outline by which you can, you know, put it in front of the masses and people will say, hey, I'll eat this. It's like Gordon Ramsay doing all the work and then you guys apply the garnish. It really is like that. But, you know, and and the thing is, what's funny is you're going to take all, all the heavy lifting, all the groundwork has been laid for you guys. Lucas, they've done it all, okay, 30 years ago. And then you're going to sprinkle on this non-flavored, I don't know, parsley on the dish. And you're going to reserve the same dish to people today. And people are going to say, wow, this is amazing. You're going to say, see, see, they like social justice worrying. They know what evil white men are. They know how oppressed, you know what's down. That's the real system. I'm like, no. I got, actually, I got this guy, buddy of mine lives in North Carolina, and I hope he's listening, by the way. Now, he is a huge geek, but like a cool geek, like he's not nerd geek, 
uh, like Brian is. Like he's a he's got a real job. <laughs> he's a writer for Star Wars. He must be doing well. You'd be amazed how little these people. You know how desperate these people are to work on Star Wars. I bet you he's now. I bet you I make more like taking a crap over on the toilet than he does in a year, and I don't make that much. Anyway, so this guy's a huge. I mean, he loves Star Wars. The guy runs a game company out of his home, for God's sake. A real one, not like it. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. He plays all these games. When I go visit him, we play games. He goes to the cons. He's And he's got these kids, and they dress. But he is such a huge fan of Star Wars. And he is, just as a huge fan of Star Wars, he ain't no Democrat. And he's the whitiest McWhitewhites of males you're ever going to get. And last I checked, I think he's pretty straight. He doesn't see it. He does not see it. He, and and they, they go line up. And there's millions of guys like that, millions of women like that, who, who aren't going to be aware of the political thing. Some of them might pick it up and say, hey, you notice how all the bad guys have British accents? I wonder, wonder why that is. Or, hey, you notice how all the bad people are rich white males and all the good people are not rich white males? They're, they're the opposite? Hmm. They might pick up on it. And maybe, maybe they get one or two hairs going up on the back of their neck. But it's Star Wars. We got to go see it. Who cares if it's set up by J.J. Abrams and he donated a ton of money to Hillary Clinton? Who cares? It's Star Wars. And then they take your box office success and they use that as proof. Say, look how well... Society obviously knows what down for the cause the, these poor people are. They obviously know the racial problems we have in society. When all you're doing is using other people's work and hard labor to clandestinely fit your political message into because nobody eat that slop if you served it by itself. Including minorities. I'm, look, tell me if I'm wrong. By the way, I want because I know we got a slightly younger listening audience. Male, female, black, white, it doesn't matter. I don't care about it. If you're younger, I mean, and I mean like 20s or younger, if you're high school, I'd love to hear about it. But I'd imagine you have got to be sick and tired of the indoctrination and the constant lecturing and hammering about racism in America and sexism in America. I can only, I mean, we got it enough back when I was in school in the 80s and the 90s, but I can only imagine what it was like in the aughts and, and today in the teens, where it's, it's got to be a weekly thing. I have a buddy whose kid goes to uh, uh, St. Louis Park High School. Never send your kids to St. Louis Park. If you're in the St. Louis Park area, don't send your kids there. Homeschool, get out, move. It's not worth it. It's being taken over, not so much by inner city or, or minority kids, but leftist indoctrinators. But getting back to the kids when you guys were students, doesn't it get tiring? Don't you get sick and tired of the constant, yes, we know already, yes, slavery, yes, blacks and minorities oppressed, yes, women, yes, wage gap, yes, we know. Can we learn about what happened in World War II? Yeah, I, I know, yeah, I, privilege, yes, we have it, we understand. Can, can we, I mean, does it get tiring? Even if you are on this side, even if you are a minority, even if you are a female, does it not get tiring? Because what, what do you do about it? It's just a reminder. These people suck. You're holy and good. Yeah, okay, we, we got it. Can we move on? I mean, your brain has got to atrophy a bit by that time. I'd just be curious. Or, or do you guys sup, you know, uh, mop it up? 
Do you guys like, oh, yeah, we're so oppressed. You sit there and commiserate in, in this self-inflicted, not self-inflicted, this teacher, indoctrinator-inflicted misery. Oh, whoa, 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 boo-hoo is us. Because I can't, I can't imagine. Already I know. Already I know. Even in the inner city, the kids hate the teachers. No matter how much, because how, how can you like people that constantly try to kiss your ass? How can you respect them? Teachers are always trying to kiss these kids' asses. Oh my God, you're so impressed. <laughs> and then like you get these fights over at St. Paul where the kids start fighting the teachers. Or oh, that teacher that fought that, uh, not the teacher, the kid that uh, beat the heck out of the teacher. We told him to take his headphones off over in New York at the business school. It's all because I guarantee you, no, well, one, none of you are masculine and stand up to these kids and discipline them, which is what they want, which is what they need, which is what they'd respect. And then, two, you always try to kiss their ass and tell them about just how oppressed they are. And that doesn't really help. Any. Okay, fine, I'm oppressed. Next lesson. Yeah, I got that. I'm short. I'm 5'8". I got it. Not growing any taller. Uh, can we move on to something that is tangible and I can actually work on? Something underneath and under control, on my control. Something practical I could do instead of sitting here commiserating with a bunch of you freaking masters in sociology and educational work, retards and morons, telling me how oppressed I am every day. It's got to get tiring. And I can imagine, unless, unless you have enough good food to mask this, this poison that you're putting on the food, like Star Wars. Star Wars is a huge meal. Everybody loves Star Wars. You know, if McDonald's put a little little non-flavored pill in there that, that causes uh, breast cancer, you guys wouldn't notice. It still tastes great. But if you just serve a poison pill to people, no one's going to eat it. So stop it. Just stop it. Make movies. And, and if you don't have the ability to make movies without adding a political thing because you have no talent, stop making movies. Try something else. Go write for something else. Go do something else. Of course, I mean, in the real world, you have such a previously good meal, you can, you can piggyback and parasite off of this like a lamprey does on a fish. You could get through. So, I mean, I know where they're going to keep writing. They're gonna, we're going to still imbue leftist indoctrinated racist sexist messages. In our, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Because I understand that you can get away with it and none of you want to work a real job. But, but... Just like Bill Burr versus Amy Schumer, realize you're not creating anything new or good. You're not. Oh, you worked on a remake. Oh, you did a reboot. <laughs> Think about the, not the reputation, but how proud people must be. Everyone who worked on feminist Ghostbusters. You, not, in other words, what I'm saying, none of you will be Lucas. Not a single freaking one of you. Not one. You, you will once again be a footnote. You, you helped out in the production. You're the assistant vice reserve assistant writer contributing your political message to this, to this work, to this larger work of which the legacy was already pre-instituted long ago. And you won't be remembered. You will have no late. When you die, Spielberg, or not Spielberg, Lucas will be remembered, and you won't. That's why I had to look these people up and say, Who? That's why Brett White, despite working in Hollywood, being at the epicenter, the nucleus of fame and, and celebrity ship in Hollywood, he's got less Twitter followers than I do. Now, again, not, I'm not comparing dick sizes. I'm saying I'm a freaking nobody. 
And this, quote, writer on Star Wars, which is once again why I believe he doesn't probably make that much, he doesn't have as much to as some idiot over in Minnesota with a blog and a podcast. I mean, the good news is these people are miserable. I'm not joking. I'm not saying that to make myself feel better. They are miserable. You think Amy Schumer's happy? You think this Brett White guy is happy? He's just fabulous! Oh my goodness! I'm married to the most amazing man. Congratulations. Very happy. But don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> Deep down inside, you guys want to start some of me. You all want to become Luke Skywalker. Not Luke Skywalker. You all want to become uh, George Lucas. You all want to become... Uh, what's his name? I always get it. Spielberg. Steve, Steven Spielberg. You all, and you're not. You're not. You want to know why? Because you don't have the freaking talent. And, and maybe you do have the talent, but you certainly don't have the hard work ethic to put into it. I mean, is it that you don't believe in yourself that you could come up with something innovative and creative? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I know it's hard. I spent the better part of, uh, God, an hour and a half working on a comic book idea. Um, I got a little surprise for you guys. Not a comic book, but I got a little surprise for you coming up. Uh, got a... An artist came in, a fan, he's an artist, and he offered to do a little bit of work for me. I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do that. And and this little piece of work came back, and it's pretty freaking cool. I'm like, wow, you know, he did a pretty good job. And I'm like, you know what, you you want to do, you ever think about doing a comic book? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just don't have an idea. I'm like, I kind of had the proto ideas of a comic book in mind. But it, it, it's got, like I said before, maybe you guys tuned in or not that time, but... I have all these ideas for great scenes in a movie, but no plot to string these scenes together. It's kind of like that. I got everything lined up. I have exactly what this comic book could be about, but there's no reason for the uh, protagonist to go on the journey to actually execute through the comic book or tell the story. That's the problem. And that's the, that's the hard part. And I admit it, it's hard. I sat there for an hour and a half, like I got everything else, but but the freaking engine. I got characters, I got plots, I got things, I got little side stories, I got I got uh, deceit and switcheroos and and curveballs, but I do not. I mean, why would this guy go and do what he's gonna do? There's just no reason for it, and uh, and it's hard. But you know, that's that's you're not gonna do. That. You're just gonna regurgitate what you learned in the fifth grade and ever since, huh? Well, that makes you an inferior person in terms of talent. Not because you're gay. Don't don't dare tell me I'm I'm homophobic. It has nothing to do with that. You're a lazy talent. What's well, it's worse? You're a lazy person. You could have all the talent in the world. You just don't want to. You just want to write about gays and minorities. They're fabulous. If you really want to be crazy, why don't you start writing? Hey, the benefits of white males. How about somebody go champion white males? That might actually that would be rare. That'd be original. And you know what? You'd actually be the rebels you all think you are because you'd be taking, it, one, an unpopular position, but two, it'd be truthful. White males kind of kick ass. We're, we're kind of, I can't say we, I have to say the royal we because I'm no freaking Tesla or Edison, but we, if you look at the track record of white males, the kind of freaking dominant. They kind of, they kind of kick major ass. You know, maybe you might want to emulate them a little bit. Say, hey, what are these guys got going on that we're doing wrong? Oh, hey, here's what they're doing. We could do that. We just need somebody to tra blaze the trail first and figure it out. Nah, you know what? I 
All right, let's do some sponsors here. Boy, that heater is kicking in. Uh, it's a very cappy Christmas. If you want to make old Captain's heart warm, help him pay off his mortgage. You say, well, how do I do that without giving him money? It's very simple. You use the world of capitalism. Uh, go to my Amazon affiliate page. You can find it by clicking on the Amazon banner. It's on the top right of my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on that banner and do all your Christmas and online shopping for the rest of your life there. I know it's kind of a pain in the patoot, but if you would do that, uh, I get 7% of all your online purchases. And if all of the now approaching 18 download listeners, I don't know how many people do the RSS feed. I'd have to do some math on that. But if you all would just do me that kind favor, I don't ask for Patreon. I don't ask for donations. You can donate if you want. There's a donation button. But uh, seriously, if you would just be kind enough to do all your online shopping, uh, I would have had my house paid off by the time Christmas came around. And uh, sales went up. Yeah, they, they went up about 50%, so I still am, I reached almost 2% of my goal for the... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for the help. Anyway, so if you kindly do all your Christmas shopping there. You don't want to do your Christmas shopping at the malls, honestly. I went to the mall yesterday because I was bored. The girlfriend's out of town. I, oh, man, the old captain. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to stay in. I'm not going to stay grumpy. I was like, waiting. I was like, I wonder if anyone's going to call and see if what's going on Friday night. I'm going to see if any of my friends are actually going to call me instead of me calling them. Not a one. Not a one. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? Normal people would have let that get them down. Like, no. No. I downloaded a bunch of KMFDM, right? Transferred it from my, my computer to my MP3 player. Got a bunch of James Brown. Uh, and I got some good happy music. And I went to uh, the jazz club. Wanted to go see Cornbread Harris, uh, but I couldn't find parking, so I ended up going seeing Debbie Duncan over in St. Paul. Put on a suit jacket, my jeans, my Tony Lama's boots. Looked like a million bucks. Posted a picture. All the girls are salivating over me on the Facebook. Like, oh my God, Eric Claire, you're so handsome. Oh, Big Daddy C. Oh, you're so good looking. I'm like, yes, yes, baby darlings. I am Big Daddy C. You may like you may not only like, but now with the Facebook things, you can happy smiley face my picture, put a little heart face with the picture, or you can put a oh my gosh, shocking, amazing, big daddy see so sexy thing on the Facebook emoticon. And several, what's scary is when guys do that. Marcus, Jesus Christ, Marcus Brown, I looked, I'm like, hey, who put the love sign? Marcus loves my, Mark, dude. And it's not just Marcus, there were other guys. Guys, nice, no, 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 total homo. That is a total homo move. Do not do it. You just like, Okay. Out of the selection of Facebook emoticons, you, you're, you, one of your brothers puts up a good picture of himself. You just like, all right? Or maybe like the shocky face. You do not do the love heart thing at all. You do not put that thing up at all. No, no. That's the preserve of the ladies. Where the hell was I going? Oh, so uh, I had a little bit of time to kill, and um, I got this cologne I really like. It's called Man, Bulgari Man. And um, I am out. And I've been out for like a year because I, I use it daily. And I'm like, all right, look, I've been telling myself I'm going to go online and buy it through. I go through Stefan Molnu's Amazon affiliate program because uh, you can't use your own. So I, I turn it around and, and pay it forward. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'll just buy it at Nordstrom's or um, what was it at the mall? Not in Roseville. Was it Macy's? I forget. No, Yonkers. What the hell is that, Rose? I go to Roseville. 
mall. And um, they don't got it. And I'm like, huh, they're out. So then I went to the other mall, which is not the other mall, but the other anchor store, which is either Macy's or one of the two. And they got it. I'm like, oh, here it is. I'm like, how much is it? And like 120 bucks. I'm like, screw you. I can find it for 33 online. 120 bucks what I gave for 33 online. I'm not joking, you guys. You know, oh gosh, I got to pay shipping. No, guys, you are going to save so much money going online. Not to mention your time, headache, and hassle. Just do all your, not just Christmas shopping, do all your Amazon sh- or your online shopping through Amazon. And if you, if you love the captive, if you want to help me out, <clears throat> seriously, the number one thing you can do, in addition to sharing and spreading the good word of Cappy, uh, is to go and do all your purchasing online through my Amazon affiliate program. Then we have my books, Reconnaissance Man. Uh, that makes a great Christmas gift for young people. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Obviously, that would be for black men who are in poverty and would like to get out. Bachelor Pad Economics, probably the quintessential Christmas gift for uh, any man in your life, regardless of age. Worthless, the young, man's, or young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Enjoy the decline. Curse of the High IQ. Behind the Housing Crash, if any of these books sound interesting to you or someone you might like, especially the Curse of the High IQ, guys, that, that would be a great one to get because um, it kind of like, it'll, it's a good bro gift because you can't ever give your fellow male friend a compliment that, that pushes homo. But, you know, punch in the show. Hey, look, dick nuts. Ah, look at what the cat dragged in. Hey, oh, I didn't know you were gay. You coming out of the closet. All right, that's how we got to do it. But as a way to give a genuine compliment to your friend is you get that guy this book. Or girls, too. Oh, man, maybe that would actually... Now that I think about... Oh, guys. Does the captain help you or does the captain help you? This is... I don't know why I didn't think of this before. Look. Guys. Okay. Here. This is the silver bullet. Let's say you got a girl you're interested in going out with. All right? There's this cute girl. Let's say you just like her for her tits and ass. She's dumber than hell. It don't matter. All you have to do is get her this book, Curse of the High IQ. And this presupposes you've already had a conversation with her and have a rapport established with her. And say, you know, I think this book would be good for you. I think you'd like this book. And she look at Curse of the High IQ. And then you can tell a girl the lie they all want to be told just so you can get in her pants. Well, I just think you're really smart and this book would be very appropriate for you. I haven't read it myself. Now, you got you to gotta provide that caveat. You got to provide that caveat. You got to say, look, I haven't read it myself, but a friend of mine highly recommended it. And so I, you know, I just wasn't that expensive, so I got you a copy. Thought you might like it. Merry Christmas. And then you're in like Flynn, baby. The girl thinks you think she's smart when you just want to play with her hoo-ha. Uh, she could also be smart, too. It's a great way to find out. Look, it's obviously got my political bend to it. You're going to find out if she's a conservative or a libertarian right off the bat. You're going to find out real quick if she's intelligent. Although she'll still think that you think she is intelligent. So if you disavow me, if you like pull the Judas on Jesus, you don't know me and I'm nailed to the freaking cross. Oh, Clary the Christ of the Manosphere, who lets you use his book to get laid by hot chicks. Tell them they're intelligent. Oh, Clary who's nailed to the plank of wood. 
Say you didn't read his book, but you thought that she'd like it. Cause you thought she was smart. And then she says, well, I didn't read this book. I really didn't like it. You know, he's a conservative. I looked him up. And then, well, then you got to play your game. Now you got to, now you got to choose. Like, do you want to, you know, you're not going to want to hang out with her long. But can you fake being the Democrat long enough to get in her pants? Is he? Is he? Well, I didn't look him up. God, thanks for letting me know. So the book isn't that good. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, yeah, no, God, I, I voted Hick. Yeah, I wanted Clinton to win. Or maybe, nah, that's too stingy. And I voted, I voted Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. Then you're unique. But, oh, thanks for letting me know. I didn't know. Oh, man, do I help you guys out. Watch, sales will go through the roof. Not one of you will read it. You'll just use it to start scamming on chicks. It is. It's the greatest book ever to give to a girl for Christmas gifts. They're not even Christmas, but even there, you got plausible deniability. You got cover. Say like, hey, it's uh, it's Christmas, so it's not like oh, I just randomly got you this book. Although I guess you could do that nowadays. Or you could say like, hey, I'm done reading this book. Um, I, you know, the guy's a little bit biased on his politics, but there's some interesting things here. I think you know, you being a smart person, you probably really like this a lot. Really? You think I'm smart? She starts feeling her nipples. Metaphorically, I mean. All right, so that's that's the real reason. Anyway, all these books, um, well, not all of them. Uh, most of them are in Audible. Uh, Enjoy the Decline is coming out soon. Curse of the High IQ is in Audible. Bachelor Pad Economics is in Audible. And then Reconnaissance Man is in Audible. Uh, so that, But all of them are available in paperback and Kindle. And then for our black brothers out there who don't want the crap kicked out of them because, heaven forbid, you read a book written by a white guy and, and get out of the ghetto because then you'd be acting white and crabs love to drag people down in the bucket, uh, it's available in Kindle so you can read The Black Man's Guide of Poverty without getting the crap kicked out of you. Uh, then we have my other books. Um, the other books. The best stuff. <laughs> what are my other books? Captain Capitalism Top Shelf. Captain Capitalism Reserve, those are the best of the blogs. And then Captain's Quarterly, i got to send Mitch Berg a copy of that. He would be surprised and shocked. Um, I don't have my notepad here. I'll fold this piece of paper at the top of this paper, the corner there, and that will remind me, like tying strings to your fingers. You say, oh, yeah, that's supposed to remind me of something. And then you realize all it does is remind you that you were to be reminded of something. You can't remember what that something was. But I remember that was for Mitch Burke and get him. Captain's Quarterly, uh, which is the quarterly best of the Captain's blog, uh, which which I thought was a brilliant idea, and it is. It is a brilliant idea. But like all things in the human race, the number one problem is humans, and I can't find any reliable models. So we got my buddy Vincent working on that. Dude, I could totally get some girls. All right, fine. Don't tell me. Do it. I'd be impressed if you do. I still got that gal. I still have that gal. Maybe I should contact her. Okay, I'm going to fold this other corner on my notes here. And I'm going to contact my economist female friend who is drop-dead gorgeous. I've told you about her. Works at a goddamn furniture store. Swear to God. If the good Lord gave me the assets that that girl had, I'd be... I'd have been a millionaire. I'd been a millionaire a decade ago. They can't all be like you, Cap. You know they can't, but y'all freaking oughta. Y'all really be oughta be like me. Not that hard. You just have to be angry, become an alcoholic, and climb mountains and look for fossils. 
That's basically all there really is. Maybe ride a bike every once in a while. Uh, what else we got? And then we have uh, other people's book, uh, books. Frank Servies, Uncle, Uncle Nick. You can find that available at Amazon.com. All these can be found at, on Amazon.com. Uh, Adam Pickett's books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and his other one, Pushing Rubber Downhill. He's coming out with a third one next week or something. I'm like, what? Did you just finish this one 43 seconds ago? He's like, yeah, but I got to get it. I'm like, holy cow. I'm worried about flooding the market with my books. Like, I got a ton of books I'd love to write. I don't have time with asshole consulting anymore. I know, I know, it's sad. Oh, that reminds me, by the way, not to scare any of you, um, but the old captain had to go to the doctor, uh, in part because of the old 40-year-old checkup, and then my old man had his prostate cancer. That means every man older than me in my family has cancer. Uh, And so now I'm high-risk category, so I had to go and get the ass checked. And uh, then I got to get the colon checked. So, so in addition to all that, um, I had that all checked. Everything came back. They were a little worried about a couple tests on some other stuff, which I'll tell you about later, whether or not I'm going to die. Because if I'm going to die, I'll let you know. But uh, I, the doc says I got to take it easier um, in terms of my lifestyle because I didn't really think about it. Um, but I, I haven't really gone on vacation. When I go on vacation, I'm riding a motorcycle. That that depletes you physically. Where do I ride? Oh, to a mountain. And then what I do, I climb it. Um, I haven't had any downtime. I haven't. The last time I had actual downtime is when I went to Jamaica for a wedding. And we were, there was no internet. And that's the only time. That was like three or four years ago now. And I was forced to do nothing. And the doctor's like, you have to do that. You will die. You will have a stroke. If you do not, it, it, as as important as working out is, it is, in just, it is just as important to recover. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm probably going to take about a week or two off and do nothing. Um, I've already kind of scaled back a little bit on other things uh, work-related. And um, But uh, if that happens, <clears throat> I, which it is, uh, Asshole Consulting is going to go on a break. I will hopefully have guest substitute consultants. I'm hopefully going to have a couple people come in and do guest posts and blogs and and podcasts. Um, But if asshole consulting, if you absolutely need it from me, uh, my prices are going to double. Uh, So it's going to be $200 an hour and $400 an hour on Skype. So uh, not, and I'm just warning you now because I don't want to sound like I'm a dick or I'm trying to scam you guys. Okay. So if you could postpone it two weeks or a week or so, fine. But um, it's going to be at least, um, at least a week off, and uh, I'm going to go ghost for a bit. Still, though, it was ironic. I had amazing blood pressure. I was like 110 over 60, 70, 110 over 70, and my beats per minute was 60 beats a minute. Take that, Denver, Ben. Yeah, yeah, us Flatlanders. Yeah, we don't need no 8,000-foot peaks to be going running up. Oh, Captain, I, I know you got 10 years on me. I, I can still keep up with you kids, you youths. And your 18-year-old girlfriend you just got who graduated last week from high school? (laughs) I'm funny. All right. Uh, So, uh, oh, back to uh, Adam Piggott. So Adam Piggott's got these two books out there. You can find them on Amazon. Uh, Kindle paperback. And I think audiobook for Pushing Rubber Downhill. Read by David Serini. And then uh, he's got a blog and a podcast as well. Just search Pushing Rubber Downhill. You'll find Adam Pickett's works 
uh, very easily. T.J. Martinell's The Stringers. You can find that on Amazon. True Liberty, spelled Trollbert, like Dogbert, but it's spelled Trollbert, by Mitch Berg. You could also see his blog at shotinthedark.info. Novsquam by Ann Sturzinger. You can visit Ann at annsturzinger.com. Her book is the most depressing and sad book that Glorious Carl ever read. Glorious Carl was, you could see he was physically distraught after reading it. Now, Sergeant Greg, he enjoyed it very thoroughly. He Now, he knew it was depressing and sad, but he's like, yeah, it's really sad. But he, he got, I don't, not, not to sound sexual, but he got off on it. He was like, wow, this is great. This is, this is really bad. So he really liked it. And then Glorious Carl's like, I'll never see my life the same way. <laughs> and then the Cubs won, and then he was all happy. So uh, uh, just be prepared. It's not a happy-go-lucky. It's not going to be a fun, romantic, happy family comedy like Amy Schumer's new Barbie. Uh, Feminism by James Bl- uh, Bloomfield. Our good friend Judgy Bitch. You can find her at judgybitch.com. And The Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Also visit our cartoonist, Chris Muir, at his cartoon site, daybydaycartoon.com. And the resident guitarist slash singer, Jesus Arguera. You can find him at J.R. Guerra. Met a nice couple last night. Um, I went to the jazz club, then I went to the St. Paul Hotel. And this is going to tie it back, but I'll lose the tangent anyway. You say, where the hell's Clary going with this? Nowhere. There's nowhere. Do you have somewhere to go? Why you live this? There's, no, there's nothing else. This is it. This is all life is about is stories. Very interesting stories. Or hopefully they're interesting and anecdotal stories. Ran into this very nice couple. I went to the St. Paul Hotel after I went to the artist quarter. Or what was the artist quarter, now it's called something else. And I was just sitting at the St. Paul Hotel. If you ever come to the Twin Cities, you might want to just sit in the lobby of the St. Paul Hotel because it's very nice. And so I'm doing my work and I'm just taking notes. And there's this huge, you know, who is who of the Twin Cities party going on. People are in suits. No one's in tuxedos, which I found disappointing. But it it was the popular people back in the 90s or the early 90s because they said, yeah, this was... This was started by these two couples and, and the, these two younger people 27 years ago. And so you could see, based on their age, like these are the hot and up-and-coming couples, and now they all got money because they're in their 50s now, and they're still having this party, and it's at the St. Paul Hotel. So I'm in the lounge area, not in the ballroom area where this loud party's going on. And uh, I just end up, it's very conveniently arranged, the seating is, for you to start talking and being conversational and, and social with people that happen to be in this lounge. So I'm just sitting by my, and I, I, I admittedly, I stand out. I had my, my outfit on and I had my notepad. No one else has a notepad. And they say, oh, you mind if we sit here? I'm like, certainly go ahead. And they're like, what are you working on? I say, well, I'm, I'm an author and I'm working on a couple projects. Oh, really? And then you just know, you just know you're going to have to set your notepad down and I'm not going to lie. It's because I'm an interesting person. I'm not being, I'm not even being area. I'm being deadly serious. I am a more interesting person than the average person down the street. And then once that starts, they say, oh, you're an author. I know it's going to be not an interrogation, but an explanation of what I do. And so then this leads into, oh, what else have you done? It's like, oh, I, I used to teach ballroom dance. I was in banking. I kind of, and so they're just... It is, I won't lie, it's like being the world's most interesting man. Like, you host these people, and you entertain them, 
and you entertain them with the entertaining things that you entertained your own self with. So they're just like, I got them hands and putty in my hands, and we're just chit-chatting and all that. And um, it was this nice, nice couple, nice older couple, not old, but, you know, 50s or so. Tall, good-looking CPA corporate dude. Just a good-looking guy. Full set of hair, gray hair. Like, you know, this is the guy, if he got a beard and a mustache, he'd probably become the world's most interesting man. And then he's got this short, uh, very attractive for her age uh, Mexican wife. Well, she, Mexican descendant. She's American, not a, not a hint of accent. She was obviously brought up here. And we're just, just chit-chatting. And it was so pleasant and nice talking to them. Uh, not because we're talking about me. I mean, there was exchange. You know, they're like, oh, you've been to Italy? I'm like, yeah, oh, what'd you think? I hate it. You hated it! Because no one ever says that about Italy. Oh, it was wonderful! Which is the standard response you get 99.9% get of the time. But then you get that 0.01% of the time that guy, oh, I hated it. They're like, what? What's wrong? I'm like, oh, dude, just, what's right, you know? It's... So, um, anyway, that reminds me of our Hispanic agent in the field, J.R. Cuerra. It was weird. The gal, she says, what's your ethnicity? That's where I was going with this. She says, what's your ethnicity? I said, well, I'm Irish, German, and a quarter Jew, but it's on the German side. So, I mean, if you want to, you know, is it religion? Is it the She was German, but she was Jewish. And, um... She's like, well, no, you, you kind of have high cheekbones. I'm like, no one's ever said that to me. I'm like, uh, is that good? I say, oh, well, is, is that weird or something? She's like, no, are you sure you don't have any? And you could see she was like trying to be politically correct. I'm like, black blood in me? She's like, no, no. I'm like, uh, you know, Asian? She's like, no, well, uh, Native American. I mean, Indian? She's like, yeah, yeah. You could see she was like really, you know, a little uncomfortable. I'm like, black? Hispanic? Indian? Daughter feather, you know. She just <laughs> so this gal says, yeah, you look like you have, like, part Native American. And I'm like, I don't think so. And But then I then I remembered our good buddy Marcus, who, who's who's pushing homo with the heart likes on my, my images on Facebook, by the way. And he did the Ancestry.com thing, found out he's 10% Irish. So then that got me wondering, well, wait a minute. What, what, do I got a little bit of Geronimo and Kimosabe in me or something? Do I got a little bit of Sioux or Iroquois here? What's going on? My buddy Marty Andrade, he, he, he's like a 16th Indian. He didn't know. Well, maybe he did know. No, he had to know because he knew he was like entitled to some piece of crap land out in New Mexico. So anyway, I didn't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, what would my Indian name be? Hmm. Speaks too much, Aaron. Flat pancake balls, Aaron. No, there's a verb. There's always a verb in your Indian name. You're always doing something. Speaks too much. Rides long distances, Clary. Hmm. I'll figure it out. Go ahead, email me my Indian name. Anyway, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with J.R. Guerra. JRGuerra.com. Uh, he is not only a guitar repairman, and a tuner, which you can find in Seattle. So if you happen to be in Seattle, look up uh, jrguerra.com. But he also has a, an album up or out uh, that is the only Red Pill album in existence. The first and the only thus far. The lyrics are great. They're very, uh, I don't want to say poetic, but that's the uh, appropriate adjective. And um, if you want to, and the music's good too. The music is good. So if you wouldn't mind uh, helping out a brother, 
Uh, go buy the album. It's definitely worth it. Uh, one of the songs I use a couple times to intro the podcast. But yeah, so take a look at that. Uh, that's it for that round. Now listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? All right, you got... I have two articles. You know what? I'm not going to get to the other article because this is the article um, about Summer Speaker. And this is the one on, on Yahoo News. Again, Yahoo News. Yahoo Beauty. And it's all about these these losers, these genuine losers fighting for $15 an hour at McDonald's in Minneapolis. And then I had a... Um, I'll just read it here real quick. I mean, it's hilarious. You go through this article and they're talking about how they could barely put food on the table. And everybody... I'm not... Guys, I'm not even joking. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all. You go through every picture and everyone is morbidly obese. They are fat freaking sows. The men and the women. There's this Indian woman. Holy cow. All right, there's a brother behind her, and he looks like he hits the gym every once in a while, maybe. But you look, and you just look in the background. What is with you poor minority women? Well, even Summer Speaker, she's not minority. But, but what is with you poor women? I mean, you can't afford the food? You can't afford to put food? Where, how are you so fat? How the hell are you so fat if you can't afford food? And don't tell me, oh, it's because we can't. Well, we got to eat all of the McDonald's is all we can afford. No, 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 no. You can go and eat a lot cheaper by going to the grocery store and getting fruits and vegetables and living off of that for a week. Then you, there's, don't tell me this. I would have killed to have your caloric intake back when I was in college and 118 pounds. I would have been the emaciated, scrawny thing that I was back then. And then... Just to show you how blatantly biased Yahoo News is, they, they, they're they so clueless. They're so dumb. They put a picture of this fat sow, Summer Spica, I'm sorry, you're a fat sow, you're obese, and right underneath says, I can barely afford to put food on the table. Having, having no clue, completely clueless, that the picture contradicts what they're trying to say. And then my agent in the field wrote in, Okay, I've done some internet sleuthing. Let's see what we can find. Let's see if we can find the source of Miss Spiker's monetary problems. Is it the fault of evil corporations who fail to pay her a sufficient wage? Or possibly is it the fact that, one, she chose to have four children when she has a crappy job? There you go. And I read through the article a little bit. <clears throat> She's, oh no, this is a different article. Sorry. So she has four children. Uh, her husband has MS, not really his fault or her fault, but she chose to at least have one additional t- child, possibly two after this diagnosis. Uh, she chose to marry a felon who apparently who was apparently convicted of domestic abuse and statutory rape. Go to the Ramsey District Court website and search for Jonathan Speaker. Jonathan Speaker is apparently her husband. There's a picture of him here, WorkdayMinnesota.org, blah blah blah. I mean, so these guys are just steeped in the socialist protesting. In other words, this is Yahoo News took an activist. Not not so poor poor woman down on her luck. They basically I guarantee you they knew this person already or they say, "Hey, you got to go talk to this person." This is not some innocent 18-year-old kid whose parents couldn't keep their act together, kicked him out of the house, and he or she is trying to like work up enough money so that he can go to community college. This is a 37-year-old loser. That's what this is. This is a 37-year-old idiot and an activist. Uh, as you'll find out here, uh, da, 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 da. we don't technically know that uh, she's. I'd have to go and look up marriage record. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to assume that someone wants to follow up on this. And it's not it's not coincidence that he's also 
on the WorkdayMinnesota.org site. Lest you think I'm being hard on Miss Summer Spica and the uncharitable and being uncharitable to her waddling pre-diabetic lard ass, you should review the whole home health care unionization scam. If you Google her name, you'll see her advocating for her for home health care worker unionization in Minnesota. You should realize that many home health care workers, however, are not employees. In many cases, there are family members who are merely receiving a Medicaid check from the government for taking care of a loved one. I'm not necessarily against that. I've known people who do that. I had a client, you know, came from Somalia and, you know, hey, welcome to the country. But if your parents screw you up and they immediately go on welfare. So this poor girl, she's from Somalia. And uh, I don't know if it was her mom was a lazy I can't use cursing on the Curse Free Podcast, was a lazy bum or had a disease. Uh, And you got a choice. You can either pay for a facility in professional health care, which is going to cost a lot more, or you could pay their kids or someone at home to watch over them. And whereas I feel sorry for the kids at home who got to take care of their parents, uh, it'll teach you. It'll teach you not to screw up like your folks. Not to get diseases, I'm saying, but to not have health insurance, to have more children than you can afford. I think it's a great idea. Hey, here's the cost and consequences of not taking care of your body and having more kids than you can afford. Had another client, unfortunately, um, I can't go into details, but a loved one of his is is uh, physically impaired and needs attention. I mean, this is the risk you take uh, when you breed, is that you will have a disabled child. That's one of the hugest deterrents I've ever had to having a child. A child. Not only could I never afford it, not only does I get, again, talking to this nice couple last night, you know, you'd make a great father. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would. But I, then again, I'm like, no, I probably won't because I, I get a disgusting gut feeling. I get a sickness in my stomach when I, I think about the prospects of having a kid. Because, you know, you sit intellectually, you say, okay, what is the point of life? And all oh, this, you know, to have a kid. And then I go spend time with my nieces and nephews. Oh, it's great. What? Your dad won't let you have that? Ah, come on, Uncle Aaron, we'll go buy you that. Yeah, here you go. Let's get you that toy. <laughs> come on, let's get you ice cream. Let's go. Oh, they're fun. They're wonderful. But then when I think like, oh, now I got my own kid? Oh, hell no. No, no. Bullet in the head almost. That's what I'm thinking. Like, no. I, and not to sound harsh or dark, if I had a kid uh, and I didn't want it, and I, you know, then then you gotta think really dark. Like, okay, bullet in my head. Now the kid's gonna be without a father. Like, sorry, kid, we're going together. And you guys may find that disgusting and horrible. I'm sorry, that's just how my nihilist uh, economist mind works. But that's why I take such extreme measures to make sure I don't have a kid. Oh. If you Google her name, you'll see her advocate home. Okay, yeah, Medicare. And then he links to michigancapitalconfidential.com. And then another website here on Forbes. Uh, that's right. This tub of lard is literally taking money from people who are on government assistance and taking care of a disabled family member in the name of SEIU dues. All right, so there's probably a little um, union scam going on. Surprise. All right, here's the article I wanted to get to. And if you think the old captain's dark, this is just going to... I'm not a good person. You want me on your team, but you, you don't want to have me in charge of your living will. Uh, quote, uh, this is from the Washington Post. You're here to help her? I'm going to kill you. 
Good Samaritan shot while aiding a dying woman. Now, many lessons to learn from here, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Wesley, 17, recalls how he was attacked while trying to help a woman dying. Daniel Wesley pulled on a pair of gloves and searched for the woman's bullet wounds. All right, now, this kid, what jumps out here, ladies and gentlemen? What two things don't add up? 17-year-old and bullet wounds. Why is there a 17-year-old? Where is this kid that there are bullet wounds in a person in front of him? Add to this fact, this kid, I hate to say it, I got the Sherlock Holmes mind. I already noticed like in the first two sentences, this something's not adding up. He's a good kid. He's trained in EMT. He has gloves with him. He knows to put the gloves on. So this kid has got training. Maybe he's aiming to become an EMT or a paramedic. But what's he doing if, if a good Boy Scout, what's an Eagle Scout probably? It wouldn't surprise me if he was an Eagle Scout, Daniel Wesley. What's he doing in an environment where there's a body on the floor with bullet holes in it? Uh, the 17-year-old didn't have his EMT certification yet, but in the critical moments after authorities say April Peck was shot by her boyfriend on Sunday, Wesley was all she had. Okay, why was April Peck shot by her boyfriend? Do, do people randomly shoot one another? You just... Now, admittedly, I don't live in the ghetto world. I don't live in the trailer trash world, although I did. And I don't live in the barrio world. So I don't understand this... You're my possession. We're dating. I love you, but I'm going to kill you. I've never understood that. If you love somebody, you're dating them or married to them. Why would you beat them? Why would you abuse them physically or verbally or mentally? And then that, once again, what kind of environment did Daniel Wesley get himself into here? Before the team could do more, Peck's boyfriend came roaring back in a Chevy Malibu. If you help her, I'm going to kill you, he said, according to Wesley's mother, who spoke to the advocate, a newspaper based in Baton Rouge. The boyfriend, Terrell Walker, rammed the car into Wesley, according to the Baton, East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office. The car pushed him aside. Uh, of an arriving ambulance, shattering his arm and snapping his femur, according to a GoFundMe page set up by his family. Injured, Wesley crawled to the median. Investigators say Walker pointed his gun and shot the teen twice. <laughs> Walker also fired at the ambulance crew but didn't hit them before getting in the car and peeling off. First responders ultimately sorted out the injured Peck, a 30-year-old mother of two, was rushed to a nearby hospital where she died. All right. So, she's not married because she has a boyfriend and she has a mother of two. She was shot by her boyfriend. Her boyfriend came back, shot her and him, or shot him, Wesley, rammed his car into him. How the hell, where where, where the hell, did Daniel just go to the wrong church that day? And he walked out and this happened before him? Oh... Wesley, a senior at Central High School, was taken there, too, and went through two surgeries in three days. The paramedics weren't injured. Mike Schutz, a spokesman for the East Baton Rouge Emergency Medical Services. I wonder, Captain Ben, he's from the Baton Rouge area. Captain Ben, tell me, is East Baton Rouge a tough area? I stayed at a hotel in that, on east of Baton Rouge. I don't know if I was in East Baton Rouge proper, but I did stay at a hotel. It didn't seem like a ghetto. Um... We're barely, ab- barely out of their ambulance when the Malibu crushed Wesley into it. 
They had f- been flagged down by the motorist about an injured woman in the street and initially thought they were on their way to help an injured pedestrian. <clears throat> it was totally unexpected, Chutz said, or told to the Washington Post. They all did whatever they could to seek shelter to try to put some distance between them. Walker has gone. Walker was gone when deputies arrived, but investigators initiated a manhunt. They saw him walking on Blue Bonnet Boulevard near Interstate 10 and approached. Why would you be walking? When, when you just shot your girlfriend, rammed a good Samaritan, shot him, and then sped off, I'd be thinking plane to Mexico. Um, I'd be thinking wigs. I'd be thinking get the hell out of Dodge. But he's walking. <laughs> According to CBS affiliate WAFB, Zlam! The deputies ordered Walker to put his hands up. He pulled out a handgun instead. They exchanged gun. This guy is not smart. Oh, wait, is this is this a dindu? Is this a dindu? Hang on. Then he got shot. Hang on. Terrell Walker. Well, I guess that's kind of a common name. Bear with me, guys. How much you want to bet he's going to... It's the cops that shot him. Please, please. Although I guess it doesn't... You know what? It doesn't matter. It's not even black. Because how many times have you heard, it doesn't matter what race the kid is, they get into the trouble and then the family always comes, oh, he didn't do nothing. He's just a good kid trying to change his life around. I want to know if Black Lives Matters is going to get into this. Terrell Walker. Yeah, there's a lot of Terrell Walker, Baton Rouge. Good. Oh, yeah, here he is. Yep, black guy. Well, oh, the Daily Mail. <laughs> it's a tabloid, guys. You know that. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I I just want to hear Black Lives Matter come out and and, and protect this guy because he was black. He didn't had his hands up. He didn't do nothing. What is the Dindu um, statute of limitations? Is it five minutes? Because, like, every time a Dindu gets shot by the cops, there's a there's a rap sheet. Not every time. Okay, there was that guy who was... It happens every once in a while where it's, it's the cops' fault. I'll, I'll grant you that intellectual honesty. Like, the time... It looks like the one up in Roseville, Minnesota. I think that one was... Uh, the, the cops were... And then the gal... The, the other gal just shot the guy. It was a lady cop. So, that, so there is instances. But I'm talking... In the cases of here, usually seven, eight out of ten times... There's like this huge rap sheet behind the kid, but I'm but that doesn't seem to matter to the Dindu community. That doesn't matter. The Black Lives Matter. So I'm wondering what is the statute of limitations on the rap sheet of the kid or the man that gets shot by the cops? Is it like an hour and a half? Is it five minutes? Because if it's five minutes, because okay, the rap sheet don't matter, right? In most of the instances, it's always the cop's fault because he didn't do nothing, even though he did do something according to their criminal record. But I think what we as ignorant, racist, privileged, institutionalized, racist white people don't realize is that there is a statute of limitations on the Dindu's rat sheet within the black community. So it must be sure. So if somebody from Black Lives Matter could call me and let me know what that statute of limitations, we could become unignoratized. And then we understand that, like, in an hour, if the cops don't catch you after committing a crime, he did do nothing. So I'm thinking, what time did Terrell Walker... 
They saw him on Blue They saw him on Blue Bonnet Boulevard. So they don't tell us a time between the time he shot his girlfriend, rammed the kid, shot the kid, and then sped off. Um so I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the statute of limitations on Dindu's uh, crimes is an hour. So I'm gonna assume that the cops found him an hour later walking on Blue Bonnet Boulevard. So he didn't do nothing, and he had every right to pull his gun out on the cops and then start shooting at them. <laughs> they exchanged gunfire, striking the sub- suspect who was later pronounced dead. Good, good. According to a news release from the sheriff's office, Louisiana State Police. Hey, Black Lives Matter, you better get in on this because he didn't do nothing. It was an hour before he shot his girlfriend and that kid. No, I'm being deadly serious right now. What is the statute of limitations? Because apparently, I'm using this to highlight the hypocrisy of the of the stance Black Lives Matter in blindly, and not just Black Lives Matter, but a lot of leftist people, blindly just assuming that, oh, well, a crime in the past doesn't mean anything today. So then what is the amount of time? That's what I want to know. I'm, uh, I'm being facetious, of course. I say there isn't a time, unless, like, you know, okay. he com- you, you guys know that type. The guy did his time. He did the crime. He turned his life around, genuinely turned his life around, hasn't committed a crime in 10 years, and then the cops get him on a bum rap or a mistaken ID. Then he didn't do nothing. I got that, all right? But if, like, he was committing crimes last month and had been committing a crime every month before, or this type of guy, yeah, he, he, he did do something. He most certainly did do something. Now, I just want to point out that the amount of time is, is irrelevant for those of you who have a political agenda. That's all it is. Walker, a felon who pleaded guilty to manslaughter in 1992. All right, see that? Now, there'd be an instance. Like, if he had set himself on the straight and narrow and did his time, that was 20 years ago, and, you know, he was working hard, didn't have... Okay, then I'd say, hey, wait a minute, we got to look into... Well, then he just killed everybody and rammed the kid. But if the cops had shot him for no reason, then I'd be curious. And had a tumultuous relationship with Peck, according to The Advocate. Walker was frequently jealous and often violent family members told the newspaper, but the couple's separation never lasted. Peck had gotten a restraining order against him two weeks ago, the newspaper reported, but they continued to see each other. (laughs) He used a Chevy Malibu. Oh, it's her own job, or her own car. He used a Chevy Malibu to commute to his job and had picked her up from work half an hour before shooting her and hurling her into the street. Wesley found her a little later. He was heading home after leaving the mall of Louisiana. All right. Here's one I want all of yous, boys, girls, anybody, anybody. This has nothing. This is, this is for the cap, capites out there, all right? What is the lesson you learned from this? How, I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. Peck, what's the girl's name? Daniel Wesley helped out. Uh, April Peck, April Peck. What did what did we what what did we learn about April Peck? Do you think April Peck votes Republican? Do you think April Peck voted Trump? You think April Peck cares about society? If you look at her, typical trailer trash, single mom, two kids, dating this loser felon. The two kids are now in danger because of this guy. She obviously was in danger, and she suffered the consequences. What, what did we learn from this? I'll give you some time. Go ahead.
You got it? Figure it out what I... You know who the idiot is here? Daniel Wesley. You ne- Now, Daniel Wesley's young. I understand. He was probably brought up by a single mom in the school. And, oh, you should go help people. And, and be really... Guys, who is April... Not Wesley. April Pex. Who is April Peck's guardian angel? Who does April Peck believe in? Who does April Peck vote for? April Peck votes for the state. April Peck is 99% chance Democrat, gimme dats, government check, government cheese. And this kid who probably has a shot in life, he actually has hope, he actually has a future, could have gotten killed and wiped out because they're going to go help out a socialist parasite. Now, I don't even, I don't even grant April Peck the intelligence or the self-awareness or consciousness to say, hmm, let me contemplate my existence. Am I parasiting off of the taxpayer? I, I don't even think she got to that level. But this is why you never help people, especially women, especially women when there's bullet wounds. Because that means they're in some deep shit that you don't want to get into. I talk about this in The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty and in Bachelor Pad Economics. If you don't, you could be a saint, guys. You could be a veritable saint. But if you run with the wrong crowds and you get into the wrong environments, you could get shot. You could have drugs planted on you. You could run into it and then you're in jail or, in the case of this poor kid, Daniel getting your femur broken, I mean, he's lucky he didn't get killed. Got ran by a car, got shot twice, managed not to die. I'm imagining he's not going to be able to walk the same. A broken femur is no light thing. And this stuff can sneak up on you guys. This this can sneak up on you. The the two stories. This is how aware you got to be of it, right? My brother is a loser. My brother is a loser. Just, he's a didn't-do. Oh, he didn't do nothing. He's just turning his life. He's always turning his life around. But he's a didn't-do. Rap sheet. Almost as long as my dick. <laughs> and one time, I had to drive him to the airport, because this idiot doesn't rent a car, doesn't have a license, all that other stuff. And he's sitting in the back and starts lighting up marijuana. Pull the car over. What the hell is wrong with you? I was still stupid enough to think that you can reason with potheads and people on drugs. And so now I got to worry. Okay, get the smoke out. We're rolling the windows down. It's winter. I want all the air out of the car before we drive into the city, before there might be cops and they smell pot. Then I drop them off at the airport. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I got, did some fall out of his pockets? What if there's some, what if he's got more than marijuana? What if he's got crack cocaine and just a little bag of it fell out? And I get pulled over, cop takes a flashlight, sees it in there. I've never dealt or done drugs in my life. I'm as I'm a straight arrow as you can get. That won't matter. You want to know why? Because the wrong person was in my car and I was doing a nice thing. The other story, wrote about it, I think it was in Bachelor Pad Economics, <clears throat> was dating this girl. She had this lawyer, middle-aged lawyer, that was always trying to get her. And I kind of ignored him. I'm like, yeah, fine, go ahead, do whatever. If you shall find out, I know not to date this girl, you know. And I was never really on the marriage track with this one anyway. But this guy just got annoying and annoying. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. 
So I say, hey, let's go have lunch. And just to show, I mean, didn't know everything, but, but man, I, I was ahead of the curve. I was ahead of my class on this. I think I was 22, 23 years old. This guy was 36, 37, so he knew more than I did. Had money, all this. Anyway, so he's trying to steal my girlfriend. So I had a recording device, and I said, let's meet for lunch. And I go downtown where his offices are, and uh, I'm in front of him, and I'm, like, ordering all this food. I'm like, yeah, and the lawyer here is going to pay for it. <laughs> we sit down, and I'm just trying to goad him, and I, I get him. To, uh, I say, yeah, well, let me tell you something. Uh, you're, you could go ahead and nail my girlfriend, uh, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I'll just tell your wife, and I'll make your life living hell. And then he gets pissed. Like, he lost his, oh, I was a fucking wrestler. I'll kick your ass. Still know where he is. Just like the guy who punched me when I was teaching dance class, or not dance class, when I was teaching economics. I know where he is. And this lawyer, I know where he is. I always keep tabs on my friends. And so he threatened to kick my ass and all this other stuff. And he was a wrestler and all that. And I'm like, good, I got him. I'm like, hey, hey, calm down, relax, I got it. And so then I had him on, on tape. I was like, I could just give this. And then, and then it dawned on me, wait a minute. This guy just lost his cool and is willing to get violent. And I was like, is this girl even worth this? Is this worth this? Let's say this guy grabs a gun because he's crazy and decides to shoot me over this girl who obviously had control over his dick. Is this worth what at then that time I even knew was an insufferable psychotic pain in the ass cunt from California? I'm like, no. I, it, it made me realize, holy crap, I got to get out of this. This is not worth it. I think a couple weeks later I told her to buzz off and that was that. But my point is, you could be the goodest, most innocent of guys. You could, have, uh, you could be just the good friend who doesn't deal the drugs. If you're even in that environment or circle, you are going to get in trouble. And anytime, especially in light of how much women want the government to save them and how they will throw away good men. You think this girl didn't have like a good guy or two throw themselves at her when she was younger? And she, she goes out with this convicted felon who's beaten her dead. You think she couldn't find a better man? That's an insult to men. It is an insult to men that you girls will go and date somebody that punches you in the face and beats you and assaults you. That is an insult. And no doubt because of her background, single mom too, I'm sorry, black, damn right she voted Democrat all the time and damn right she jacked up your taxes. Now, is that woman worth saving? Is that woman worth risking your life for? Literally, risking your life. That kid got shot and ran by a car, by a convicted felon. It doesn't get much. The only way you could be in more trouble is if the CIA wanted to kill you for some reason. Is that worth it? Hell no. You see a girl on the side of the road, you don't stop for her because she likely voted Democrat. Let her call her beta male provider. Let her call her daddy. You know, we need a government program to help women on that. If she's independent, she could change her own tire. And that's the least of your concerns. You see a woman getting the crap kicked out of her by her husband? You don't know what's going on. Don't fall for the immediate, wait a minute, men shouldn't beat up women. I know it's naturally genetically programmed into it, your, your initial visceral reaction to say, hey, he's beating up a woman, that's not right. Wait a minute, you think he just randomly beat her up for no reason? You don't think women goad men into these things? And on top of it, 
What business is it of yours? Not to mention, that guy's a big guy. He's violent. You want to get in on that? How about, how about you protect yourself and say, screw it. You don't white knight. You don't get into other people's problems. And rarely is it like, oh yeah, she was just going to church, helping out with the orphans, and then this big, bee, mean, bee, a big bad meanie came along and just started pummeling her. Something instigated that. I just, you just walk away. Walk away. These, these people are in that lifestyle. They're in that environment for a reason. All right? Now, you are not. You went on the straight and narrow. You went to school. You got your grades. You're, it looks like this kid was, you know, on the up and up, you know, EMT. I don't know that many 17-year-olds trying to become an EMT. I don't know that many uh, 17-year-olds or people, period, that have the heart that would go in and help a person like that. But it's not worth it, people. It's not worth it. Unless for a fact you know there is really, this person is really innocent. You know, like the time in France where there was that Catholic priest and the two um, Muslim terrorists came in and slit his throat. All right, there you kind of know if you have a gun. Oh, wait, that's right, France, and I'm sure the church and all of its feminized glory got rid of guns. Um, there you shoot the guys. Okay, that's pretty obvious and clear. That's terrorist-related. Um, there is a little child being absconded or kidnapped by a white guy in a van with glasses and a gut and a button-up polo shirt. Okay, there, yeah, you, you can drop the guy with a forty-five. There you go, that's right. But if you see a full-grown adult in some kind of situation, you got to be asking yourself, how did that person get into that situation? Do I really want to get into this situation? Is it any of my business to be in this situation? And what are the chances that that person is a Democrat or a leftist or is collecting welfare? And what you're going to find is people get in, uh, get in trouble a lot, get in fights a lot. They're not exactly contributing a lot to the government coffers of paying their taxes. You'll find a correlation between EBT and welfare and WIC and people that get in fights as adults. So fuck them or screw them. Let them be. Let her bleed out. Do whatever is minimally legally possible for you. Say, call up, hey, there's a woman here at this place and it looks like she's been shot. I'm going to go now before a crazy ex-husband, which she brought upon herself, comes here and kills us all. Click. And then you go and you live your non-broken femur, non-shattered vertebrae life. Because I'm sorry, these people aren't worth your life. It isn't worth saving. The little girl who's over on the side of the road, you got to help her. You know, the best outcome is you help her and she votes Clinton because she's got a little Clinton bumper sticker. The, the, the next worst outcome is she has some buddies who take the tire iron and beat you up. They come out of the bushes and they take your car. Any of you guys ever play Red Dead Redemption? Huh? Huh? What do you think they got that idea? It happens in the real world. This is more back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, but... Anyway. <clears throat> All right. That's that one. Asshole Consulting. If you have a question, go to assholeconsulting.com. Um, probably not this week, though. I'm going to bang out the rest of my... What's on the inventory now for Asshole Consulting, but starting Monday through at least uh, Sunday of next week, I'm going to be charging $200 per hour. So prices will double. 
So if your question can wait till next week, please do. Um, but if you got questions, go to assholeconsulting.com. And my wisdom, I will pass on my wisdom for you, and it's really great wisdom to pay for because it will save you. Look, if this Daniel kid, just listen to me, how much better shape would he have been? Oh, Aaron, you're so mean. You're so cold. Don't you have a heart? Yeah, but you know what? He'd have a femur, a non-shattered femur. Now, you tell me if that's worth 35 bucks of a video response or even 70 at our, our Aaron Clary's on vacation time rates. So assholeconsulting.com. Don't be stupid. Get my advice. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you may. It's 100 bucks a, a month. That also gets you a video on the YouTube channel and an ad on the blog. Elkincpa.com. If you have accounting, finance, tax questions, or a, a need to have an accountant, contact Chad Elkins at elkincpa.com. The League of Extraordinary Podcasters. You can go to 405media.com where John Grant has a, a smorgasbord of podcasters on a podcast station. So uh, when you're tired of listening to me, you can go there and listen to a ton of different podcasts. We have Small Scale Life uh, by our good friend Tom. If you want to learn about gardening and post-apocalyptic survival and urban gardening, go there. The World of Lori Zook, she's on vacation too. She kind of gave me the idea in addition to my doctor that I should let go of the throttle and take things easy. Uh, then we have Financial Survival Network with Carrie Lutz, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Canto Talk, C-A-N-T-O, with Silvio Canto. You can find him on Blog Talk Radio. Tom Likas over at blowmeuptom.com. Cynical Libertarian Society, been binging on his podcasts. Great, great stuff over there. Um, don't know why I didn't start listening to him earlier. He, he sent me a, a link to his podcast one time. Oh, that's pretty good, and I never got around to sampling others. Uh, and then the Black Brigade at blackbrigade.org. The Black Brigade debrief is back on. Glorious Carl's Glorious Hat. Buy Glorious Hat because at the end of Christmas, it's over. It's done. You will never be able to buy Glorious Hat again. So go to gloriousHat.com. Get Glorious Carl's Glorious Hat. Uh, academic Composition, our good friend uh, Alex. I think most of you are going to have your final papers coming up. Why do that? Why would you write your own paper when it's for a worthless prereq class that you don't need? Go to academiccomposition.com and outsource it like wise corporations do. They're very smart when they outsource. We should always outsource. So why not outsource your pointless, worthless homework that has nothing to do with your degree? Go to academiccomposition.com and have Alex do it for you. Also have Alex put together your resume for you. He does resumes for $100 a person. <clears throat> and if you uh, are looking to write or looking to do some marketing, you need some kind of cash on the side, contact Alex over at academiccomposition.com. Uh, and inquire about employment therein. Let them know the captain sent you. Uh, and then we have uh, jimfear138.blogspot.com. jimfear138.blogspot.com. If you need someone <clears throat> to go ahead and do your audio recording for you, for whatever voice acting work you need, go to jimfear138.blogspot.com and contact our buddy Jim. Instagram.com, the ultimate reading list. Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Max has his ultimate reading list if you're looking for a book, in addition to mine, of course. Like, you would buy all my books, and then you would consult this list after you bought all my books. And multiple copies, too, for other people that you care about. Uh, you would go to Instagram.com, ultimate reading list, and contact, uh, or I just look at the list of books that Max has there. Uh, if you also like to advertise on this site, if you're an author, you definitely do, because it's only $100 a month, and you will definitely earn back that and more, at least in the first month of advertising. So contact Max at Wooter.com. Max at Wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R. I'm sorry, not .com, .co. Max at Wooter.co. Tell him the captain sent you 
so he keeps giving me a discount on my ads over there as well. If you want to follow the captain on the non-communist, non-censorship, leftist, BS, I want to come up with other pejoratives, but I can't curse, <clears throat> Twitter and Facebook uh, and YouTube, Silicon Valley leftist echo chamber, uh, you don't need to go to Twitter or YouTube or Facebook. You can go to gab.ai and minds.com. The old captain has accounts on both. So if you want to follow the captain on gab.ai or minds.com, please do. Just search Aaron Clary. That's how you'll find me. Um, and then get your account over there as well. Uh, gab.ai has a waiting list because we're that cool. Um, I think you got to be invited or something or you got to sit and wait. But uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's Twitter for adults. I don't mean that in a pornographic rated accent. It's just Twitter for adults. Like we can have adult conversations and not have some nagging harpy nanny nagging over us. Like, uh, was it Jack Dorsey or whoever the guy is over at Twitter? So that there. Uh, and then we have my classes. If you're looking to take a class online, maybe you know learn a little bit of something over Christmas vacation, uh, consider my two classes, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My, and the Analysis Evaluation of Stocks. Uh, both classes are offered online. They're offered through hundreds of different online, nonprofit, community ed type places. So it doesn't really matter where you take it because it's online. So find it for wherever it's cheapest. It's not cheap. It's like $90 on the cheap. 120 is a little bit more expensive. But uh, go and just search the titles if you're interested in them. The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks and then Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. All right, fan mail. Then I got to go get wood. Got a new supply of wood. Oh, is it? Am I am I a happy camper when I get free wood? It's, uh, I used to have a free supply of wood, and then it went away because some rat bastard broke the code. I can't give details of locations because I don't want to, I don't want to screw it up again. But <clears throat> let's just say this location where I got the free wood, they had a change in management. Now, the old captain appreciated this free source of wood very much and he took it for granted so much so i did adjusted time inventory management of my wood like i'm like well i don't need a huge wood pile i'll just go to the free source of wood and get it as i need it you know so i'll, I'll have like a, i'll have a reserve i'll have like you know about a month's supply of wood but uh, then i'll just go and get it as i need it and cut it up along the way well for reasons that were outside of my control this source of wood went away but two, three years later, I'm like, wait a minute. I know employers. That same guy over there who had the free source of wood, he, it's probably a different guy now in charge. And so I said, okay, we're going to do this right. We're, we're not going to have me go up and ask for the free wood. I'm going to have the girlfriend go and ask for it because mostly this place is predominantly employed by guys. Matter of fact, I've never seen a good, because what do you expect? You know, guys have wood. You know, it's going to be guys. So the girlfriend, I said, look, we're going to go to the free wood place where I used to get free wood. I need you to put on your sharpest, hottest corporate attire. And when you go in, ask the manager, who's probably going to be a guy, if you could get the free wood. So she puts on this number. Ooh, it looked good, guys. Heels. And uh, if you didn't know, my girlfriend's like 5'11 without heels. She's super tall. And then she put on her her bunny fur or something like that she has an actual fur made of rabbit pelt and so she looked all like that and she did extra makeup da, da, da. so man and did it go off without a hitch 
it was it it went it was operation smooth. Okay, that's what it was. I don't care the best the best plot, the best operation the CIA and the NSA and the KGB ever put it together. If any of them ever said operation smooth, this operation went smoother than that one. She walked right in. I stayed in the truck cuz I know I'm I'm not going to win no favors. I just kind of watched and this guy couldn't have couldn't put the tongue back in his mouth quickly enough. He's out there helping us. He said, oh, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my card. Gives her the card. I'm like, Hot d- don't tell me you girls are suffering. Don't tell me you girls. Well, you ugly ones are. The fat ones are. Yes, I can see why you're suffering. But don't you good-looking girls tell me how bad you got and how oppressed you are. You just, your tits open up doors that, that no, no jamoke could ever open up. So we got free wood now again. I'm very happy about that. <clears throat> I don't know where we're going. No, I don't want to restart right now. Postpone. Thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Jesus. This is another foreigner. Krishna. Okay, good. Uh, he's got a different name. Uh, uh, Krishna. Uh, East Indian name. Uh, hey, Aaron. I'm a freshman in college who has been watching your videos, reading your books, Bachelor Pad, Economics, Reconnaissance Man, Worthless, etc., and following your blogs this the last two years. The first response of my liberal indoctrinated Gen Z brain. Well, how old are you? You're 16 and you're in college? Outstanding. Oh, that is great. You totally avoided two years of hell. Outstanding, kid. Good going. And you're, see, this right here. This right here. Krishna is the guy that I'm talking about. This is how every young boy in America should be right now. 16 years old. He's already consumed my books. Do you think this kid's going to screw up anywhere near as bad as I did? Anywhere near as bad as we did? You think I'm joking. Right now, there's a bunch of old-timers, Francis included, and, and, and uh, Bernard Chapin, <clears throat> Davis Rennie, all those old-timers. I guarantee you, like, man, yeah, that kid's going places. That kid is not going to screw up. That kid is saying, now you 20-somethings, you're like, oh, yeah, well, here goes Cleary breaking. I'm not joking you. The old-timers right now are saying, this kid has got it. If he just doesn't screw up, he's going to be infinitely better shaped than any of us ever were. Uh, <clears throat> first response to my liberal indoctrinated Gen Z brain when I watched your videos on YouTube was disgust. I hated the way you talked and your attitude among others. Yes, you hated peripheral things, aesthetics things. But something told me to watch on. Good, yeah, it was your brain. Something was just right. Something was grounded in reality. Everything you were saying, I had experience. From the bullying to the cowardly, filthy teachers, my IQ is 140, and I skipped three years from school, K through. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yep, see, that pisses me off. My IQ is about that, 138 on average. And if I could have just skipped college or high school altogether, it would have been great. And so reluctantly, I started viewing more. And slowly, it all made sense. You were the missing link. Usually, that refers to, like, a Cro-Magnon idiot guy, but I'll take it. You opened my eyes and showed me the true world, the cultivation and propagation of bullshit. I learned... Learned so much uh, about economics over the last two years from you. Housing, loans, career, interest rates, supply and demand, women, bikes and cars, how to purchase stuff in general, where to live, etc. Heck, you even introduced me to Stefan, and through him, I learned about student loans, the history of civilization, and government policy, among others. Yeah, no, Stefan will help you out, too. Stefan's a real good guy. Uh, I am happy to say that every piece of content you produced from 2006 is worth the weight in paper for me. I cannot thank you enough. For being the only shining light for me in this difficult stage of my life. Uh, thank you, Krishna. Well, thank you very much. This goes into 
the box of mementos. That is probably one of the nicest letters I've ever received. Thank you very much. And I'm glad that I'm glad it's helping. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, I'd love to see where you're going to be in 10 years. Holy cow. The fact you're three years ahead of your peers, and, and of course there's obviously going to be social problem. I mean, because you're 16, no 20-year-old girl who's a sophomore in college is going to talk to you. But you play your cards right. You know, the... The diff you're putting in your time now. The disadvantage is is, is obvious to you now, socially, psychologically, uh, maybe even perhaps financially. But if you you get your ducks in order much earlier on, the the payoff I think is going to come when you're 25. Because you'll be 25. You already that, that's nine years from now. You'll probably be thoroughly ensconced in your career, making good bucks. You'd probably be looking at a house, and you could start looking at. What you gotta worry now I'm thinking about what you gotta worry about though, here's where you gotta keep your eyes open. People are gonna take advantage of you because you're gonna be that really successful. It's gonna be like you're the rich kid, but you didn't come from your parents' money. It's because you were so far ahead of the curve, you're gonna have a job, you're gonna have your own place, you'll have a car, and girls and boys are gonna take advantage of it. Like, yeah, we can have a party. You'll be tempted, like, oh cool, now I can be the cool kid. What I'd strongly recommend you do, oh no, you can't because you're not twenty one. Once you turn 21, start going to these parties. Or go to a house party. You know, don't drink. Don't, don't get in trouble with the law. Maybe you could sneak into a house party now. You know, you have your student ID. They'll assume you're 18. Um, just, just learn what BS it is. Just learn what BS and what you're not missing out on. Because right now, you think the, green is, the, the pastures are greener on the other side. Because you're not there and you think you're missing out on this partying stuff and all that. And if you can sample that, if you could go visit those greener pastures and realize they're not greener and realize the girls are not cool, there's, you're not missing out on anything. When you start making the money, you'll, you'll not be tempted to start hosting parties, providing people booze to be that popular kid. I don't want you to, to just look out for that. Um, but man, god dang, look at you go. The prototype. We've got the first prototype. It came off the assembly line. Let's see how it does. Let's see if our theories work. <laughs> All right, anyway, listen, that's it for the Clary Podcast. Terribly sorry this one went so long. If you would, please, kindly, forward, share, subscribe, like, comment, vote up on the iTunes. I don't know why that is a thing, but please do. That does help out. More importantly, just tell friends about the old Clarimeister here. Be it the podcast, the blog, the YouTube channel, Asshole Consulting, my books, Anything and everything helps. I know you don't have a lot of things to buy online because you're all minimalists. Uh, so there is that. You can buy that. But uh, the next best thing you can do is simply spread the good word. That's all I ask. Anyway, that's all we got. We'll catch you kids later. Toodles.